I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, former college professor turned manager in a large corporation turned entrepreneur. And not just any entrepreneur. I've made it my life's work to make organizational life more effective and fulfilling. So welcome to Working Conversations, the podcast where we digest and translate research and ideas on workplace dynamics and serve up to you the most interesting and actionable strategies to make your workplace conversations and your relationships more effective, productive, and influential. If you're looking for proven tools for your workplace toolbox, you're in the right place. Now, let's get after it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Working Conversations podcast, where we talk all things leadership, business communication, and trends in the future of work. I'm your host, Dr. Janelle Anderson. Step into the Wayback Machine with me for a moment, will you? The year is 2019. You're in a meeting at work. Seven of you are sitting around a conference room table, animatedly discussing one of the topics on the agenda, debating and disagreeing and then agreeing and building upon one another's ideas. It's a fun exchange of ideas and you're making great progress on both the topic at hand as well as the meeting agenda in general. Meanwhile, a conference call phone system sits at the center of the table with a solid green light on indicating that a call is in progress. Indeed, four of your colleagues are participating, well, (laughs) trying to participate, from the four regional offices that are part of this project. And as they attempt to take a turn, share some ideas, they get immediately cut off by the seven people sitting around the conference room table. Worse yet, those Four people who are on the line hear the shuffling of papers and the spilling of coffee and all kinds of things happening around that center console in the table that no one is paying attention to. In fact, your four colleagues who are called in from those regional offices eventually entirely get forgotten about. The meeting adjourns and people get up and leave the room with the conference call still live. That green light is still on. They completely forgot you were there. All right, that's our trip to the Wayback Machine today. Now let's come back to present tense. As we think about holding hybrid meetings, I want to give you my very, very best advice on this topic. Because quite frankly, that's what that was back in the Wayback Machine in 2019. That was a hybrid meeting where you had some of the meeting participants gathered together in the same room, and then you had the remaining meeting participants dialing into that meeting from various other locations. Now, these days, it's often a home office, not necessarily a regional office. But if we're not careful, the same kind of meetings that we were having in 2019 and prior will happen again. So today we're going to talk about my very best advice for conducting hybrid meetings. And my very best advice for you on conducting hybrid meetings is don't have them. When everyone who needs to be in the meeting can be on site, hold the meeting in person. If even one person is not able to meet in person, then hold the whole meeting in your online meeting platform, Teams, Zoom, WebEx, whatever platform you happen to use. Even the best attempts at hybrid meetings are rife with issues, audio issues, connectivity issues, disengagement or multitasking on the part of the remote participants, poor meeting facilitation, and the biggest issue of all, 
the remote participants get cut out of the discussion or worse yet, forgotten about entirely. Now, I fully understand that there are a couple of reasons for which you might object to my advice of do not hold hybrid meetings. You might tell me, oh, but Janelle, we have a conference room at our office that's fully equipped with microphones that will pick up all the voices. It's got multiple cameras that orient towards who's speaking and they pick up all the faces. And we've got display capability to project everyone who's participating remotely, as well as any PowerPoint or shared documents that we might be referring to. And of course, those remote participants all have their cameras turned on and the person running the meeting knows how to use all of that software and hardware and troubleshoot all the equipment and they go into that meeting making everything work. If that's your situation, well then sure, have at it. Do your hybrid meeting. But just know, you are about 1% of the hybrid meetings. Today, I'm speaking to the other 99%. So case in point, the company Cisco. They are one of the largest makers and distributors of the kind of equipment that I'm talking about here. And even they want their people to come into the office and meet in person all together, not a hybrid meeting, but a solid face-to-face meeting for certain types of meetings, because even they know that there are some meetings that are better experiences when they are face-to-face meetings, including, but not necessarily limited to, brainstorm and innovation meetings, mentoring and coaching meetings, and co-creation and collaboration meetings. Now, to do hybrid meetings really well takes a great deal of meeting facilitation skill and technology and the proper training on that technology. And most attempted hybrid meetings are missing one or both of these. Although, to be fair, there are some people who can swing it. And I met one of them just this morning, and he described to me all of the hacks that he and his colleagues do when they have a hybrid meeting so that everyone can be heard, so that all faces are on camera, and that documents under discussion are shared and visible to all. It takes them using three separate systems simultaneously and making some further hacks and modifications with those three systems. So they're using a totally separate system for the audio track so that they're not getting interruptions and weird feedback and so on. And likewise for the video and for the document sharing. So yes, it is possible, but most meeting facilitators do not have the time nor the energy nor the technical skill to make all of that work. Now, again, if you are an exception, like the person that I was speaking with earlier today, you are in the 1% and hats off to you. Well done, mate. You don't need to listen to the rest of this podcast episode, but do send it on to somebody who does need it. All right. So let's go back to the majority of people who actually need this podcast. And let's take a closer look at the issues with hybrid meetings, the audio issues, the connectivity issues, the disengagement or multitasking on the part of remote participants poor meeting facilitation, and the biggest issue of all, that the remote participants are getting cut out of the discussion, or worse yet, forgotten about entirely. All right, let's dive into each of these in turn. The audio issues. I already mentioned some of them in the Wayback Machine, but the most challenging thing, and the thing that makes a meeting work best, is when you get the audio right. The minute somebody can't hear, whether that is a remote participant who can't hear what's happening 
in the co-located room because the microphone is not picking up the speaker, or if the person who is participating remotely does not have their face close enough to their own microphone such that their voice is not being projected into the meeting room and projected loudly enough, as soon as one of those two things happen, people are going to become disengaged. Because when you can't hear, not only is it frustrating, but your brain looks for something, anything else to think about or do rather than sit there in the midst of that frustration. So the audio issues are the biggest thing. So if you can get the audio issues solved, well, then maybe you can have your hybrid meeting, but maybe you'll do it with video turned off and it will be a plain old conference call like we used to have back in the day. But again, still, you're going to have issues with people who are in the room, even if you're using an audio conferencing system only, people who are in the room having a certain chemistry that the people who are participating remotely are unable to pick up on and get in on. They might be able to pick up on it and realize they're not part of it, but they will never be included in the same way that the people who are co-located and feeling a certain chemistry and exchange of ideas are feeling. So that's number one, audio issues. And of course, the chemistry piece as well. The chemistry piece comes up in most all of these. Um, Number two, the connectivity issues. Somebody's internet will cut out or they're trying to take the meeting from their car while they wait for their kid's tennis lesson to finish and they don't have enough bandwidth to turn their camera on. Or even if they did have sufficient bandwidth to turn their camera on, they wouldn't want their colleagues to see them taking a meeting from the car at the tennis courts. And if it's not that, someone's laptop decides that it needs to run an update right in the middle of the meeting and it reboots itself. And the issues can go on and on. Now, You might also have a legitimate reason for taking the meeting from an unusual location. Let's say you're traveling for work that day and you have to take the meeting from the airport. Or let's say you are driving from your home office to visit a client site and you have pulled off into a parking lot to safely take this call from your car. But still, it's not going to be the same experience as if you were being able to participate fully. All right, so connectivity issues is our second thing. The third issue is disengagement or multitasking on the part of remote participants. So multiple screens or other work could be caregiving responsibilities and on and on. There are so many other things that might be vying for people's attention. Now that goes for the people who are in the room as well. If you are in the room and you have a laptop open in front of you and you are participating with others who are remote, you could also be distracted by your email, by your Slack channel or whatever other types of workplace communication that you have going. Heck, even your own personal social media might be distracting you in that meeting. Now, if we're co-located and laptops are closed, except for maybe the person who's taking the notes, that's going to be a whole different experience. So disengagement is always going to be an option for people. They're always going to have the option to be disengaged and be doing something else instead. Now, if the meeting isn't well run or if the agenda items being covered are not absolutely critical for a remote participant to be able to do their job, the likelihood of keeping them engaged, especially if the people who are co-located are not actively trying to keep the remote participants engaged, well, their engagement is inc- will be incredibly low because others in the physical room are probably very engaged. And so it's extremely unlikely that the people who are participating remotely are going to feel that they are connected and engaged on that meeting. Now, let me also say a few words about multitasking. 
because most people think they can multitask. But what neuroscientists tell us is that our human brain is a single processing unit. It can do one thing and only one thing at a time. If you are someone who either thinks that you are able to multitask or maybe others have told you that, what is probably happening is that your brain is better than some brains at switching from one thing to the next and back and forth. And that is where we get the illusion of multitasking, but our brain is really only doing one thing at a time. Now, of course, there are certainly rote exceptions to that. Like if you are unloading the dishwasher and listening to a podcast at the same time, you are in a sense multitasking. But if you had to think critically about where every single dish went, you would either not get the content of the podcast or the dishes would go in the wrong place. So when one of the tasks is completely rote, then by all means, yes, you can quasi-multitask. All right, but so that is the third piece here, and that is disengagement or multitasking on the part of mostly remote participants because they're the ones who are getting forgotten about and not feeling the energy of the room, but it also could be disengagement and low participation on the part of the people in the room. This episode is made possible by Instacart. If you haven't already started using Instacart, now is the time, my friend. Now, I'm the first one to say that I actually enjoy a trip to the grocery store. I really do. But you know what I like doing even better? Making this podcast. When I was deep in the development of this podcast, outlining and recording the first few episodes, my kids reminded me that they needed to eat. Instacart to the rescue. In absolutely record time, Magnolia, my Instacart shopper that day, delivered chicken nuggets, milk, avocados, fresh berries, and a host of other groceries we needed. When life gets busy, or when you just want to feel like royalty and have someone do it for you, there's Instacart. Get $10 off your first order when you sign up at workingconversations.com forward slash Instacart. Now, back to the show. And number four. Poor meeting facilitation. Okay, soapbox alert. (laughs) Most people have never been trained to run any kind of meeting ever. Not face-to-face meetings, not online meetings, and certainly not hybrid meetings. Okay, now to be fair, some of you have been trained because you've taken a class from me on one or more of these topics. Meeting facilitation in the abstract, meeting facilitation in remote and virtual environments and hybrid environments. But you are the exception to the rule. It's not taught in college. It's not taught in business school. It's sometimes taught by someone like me as part of the professional development opportunities inside your company. Or maybe you've independently enrolled in a meeting facilitation class with me. But again, you would be the far exception to the rule. For the most part, people learn how to run meetings from watching other people run meetings. And for the most part, the people that they're watching run meetings are doing a crap job of it. So that's what's getting reproduced. So poor meeting facilitation makes hybrid meetings really, really ineffective. And then number five, and the biggest issue of all, the remote participants get cut out of the discussion or worse yet, they are forgotten about entirely. Now, this is, of course, related to meeting facilitation. A good facilitator is not going to let that happen. A good facilitator is going to be really mindful of the remote participants drawing them into the conversation. But it's not just the facilitator who needs to remember that there are remote participants and draw them into the conversation. Everyone needs to remember that and include them in the conversation and invite them in and make space for them. 
And that is so very hard to do when you are swept up in the energy of the meeting, when you are in the physical meeting room co-located with your colleagues. And I do hope that you are getting swept up in the moment when you're in those meetings face-to-face because we didn't get the opportunity to do those for so long. Now when we're back together, it is great to be swept up in the moment, in the energy, in the experience of being together and actually meeting in the same room at the same time. And that's another sign that it pays to be in person for meetings when you can because you will be more engaged you will get swept up in the issues being discussed and you will not be able to multitask. You will not want to multitask. You will want to be in the conversation at hand. So here's what to do instead. Now I'm sticking to my position and this is a position I have held for a very long time. And the position is this. If one person needs to be in a box, you know, Teams, Zoom, whatever, then everyone in the meeting is in a box. Now, I know that presents some complications for the people who are co-located, and I know it also can feel futile for being co-located if you have to then go back to your desk to take the meeting. And of course, there are going to be exceptions to that rule. There are sometimes confidential information that's being discussed on a meeting that somebody who's sitting in a cubicle area or an open workspace just simply can't be on, even with earbuds in. They will likely say something that will be overheard by somebody else. So by all means, there are going to be exceptions and you're going to have to do some of those hybrid meetings once in a while, but by and large, try not to because they're not going to be very effective. And if you absolutely have to do them, learn the technology. Now, let me give you a throwdown challenge for any of you who are doubters. The next time you're in a hybrid meeting, Take this list of five issues that I've discussed here today, audio issues, connectivity issues, disengagement or multitasking, poor meeting facilitation, or remote participants getting cut out of the discussion or forgotten altogether. Take that list of five items with you to the meeting and see whether they come up. More likely, you're going to see how frequently they come up. I'm willing to bet money on it that they probably will come up and multiple times, multiple of them, multiple times. So just to underscore, I'm going to, and on the way out here, I'm going to double down on my best advice for how to hold hybrid meetings. Don't do them at all. All right, my friends, if you've enjoyed this content and you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button and knock that little bell so that you get notified every time there's a new episode out. I'm making other videos on YouTube as well. So even if you listen on a podcast player, you're going to want to head over to youtube.com forward slash Janelle Anderson PhD and subscribe so that you don't miss a thing. Wherever you are listening or watching, please leave me a review. It helps other listeners find me it just plain all makes me feel good. And it makes you look good too, because people see your reviews. All right. Until next time, my friends, be well. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, head on over to Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and give us five stars and a quick review. It really makes a difference and it keeps us bringing you valuable content that you can put into play in your life. I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, and this is Working Conversations.